he, he uh, uh, I don't know if he baptized him, but he certainly ordained him, and he, he was, is mentoring him, and he's trying to teach him, and he wants to hand over, you know, as, as uh, Elijah hands over to Elisha his mantle, Timothy wants to give, or Paul wants to give Timothy his stuff. And, of course, what is his stuff? His stuff is the stuff of letting go, the, the stuff of utter faith in who holds us together. Paul is clearly in the in the second half of his life. It's he's getting ready for the next adventure, which is the adventure of of changing forms from this mortal form to the fullness of immortality. And it really is a, a venture and an adventure. Clearly, he's getting ready, and he is. Now, the first half of life, and maybe Timothy is there right now, is all about creating an an individual identity. When we, as soon as we discover that we are not our mother or we are not our family, that we are an individual, the process of individuation begins. And, and at that point, we try to take on everything to ourselves that we possibly can. Knowledge, possessions, status, self-confidence. Life's a, a smorgasbord. And, and when you are a certain age, when you are building that egoic personality of who you think you are and who your culture tells you you should be, more is better. The more possessions, the more knowledge, the more stuff you have, the better you are. It is the, it is the ladder of success that we climb. It is the tower that we build. It is the narrative and the program, especially for we who are Americans We'll take in literally with our mother's milk. It's a program of the, the successful one. However, and this is what Paul is trying to point out, it's not the end game. Paul, Paul is trying to tell Timothy, and he's telling us as well, that in the second half of life, less is more. In the second half of life, we are called not to gather, but to scatter, to to pour forth or pour out what we have received in service to the rest. He's telling Timothy that he himself is being poured out like a libation. Uh, in, in Roman days, at, at the end of a, a pagan ritual, the, the priest would take a, a, a jug of wine or a cup of wine and, and, and he would pour it on the ground in honor of the, of the gods. And even the, the Hebrews, even the Jews at that time had a ritual similar to that. It's the pouring out of what is really good, of the lifeblood that you have. Even when we say the words of consecration over the cup, we use the word, we used to be, it used to be uh, shed, but, but actually the new, this, one of the good things about the new translation, pour. He pours out his blood unto a new deal, a new covenant for what? Unto the remission of that which keeps us from God. Unto the remission of separation. Unto the remission of this thinking that we are separate individuals. Unto the remission of sin. So Paul is basically echoing what he says in Philippians. That though the Christ was in the form of God, he had it all, everything, all the possessions of the world, all the possessions of the world, and, and, and what does he do? He empties himself, he pours himself out, taking the form of a slave, tasting the bottom, tasting the bottom. Today, uh, 
Sirach talks about tasting the bottom. God treats everybody equally, but he's a little bit more caring to the poor. Uh, I just was hearing on the news right before I came for Mass today that 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 even as we speak, even as we sit here this, this morning, Haiti is in the verge of total collapse, uh, a total annihilation of the government. It is the it is the, the gangs that are taking over, the cholera has gone crazy, the the economic system is just in disaster. That's the bottom. And we are called, if we are to reach the top, to enter into the bottom. But Paul's saying his life is, is being poured out. This is, this is true metanoia. It's, a, it's really the new mind. It's the mind of Christ that says you will receive as you pour out. Cardinal George used to be fond of saying that the only thing you're going to ever bring into heaven is what you give away here on earth. So his time of dissolution is near. Dissolution means he's cutting the strings and floating off as the ship goes into the other world. He's ready for his next great adventure. He's fought the good fight. We are in a spiritual battle. And as I said last week, it's not flesh and blood that we're fighting. We're fighting powers and principalities. We are fighting that evil that dwells in the human heart that is so hard for us to begin to comprehend. But if we don't name it and if we don't see it and if we don't admit it, especially in ourselves, well, then we continue to participate in it and we become part of it and even, even emblematic of it. And so Paul is saying, I've fought that good fight. I've finished the race. Uh, it didn't say he won the race. Uh, we live in a world of winners and losers. I don't think it's about winning or losing. I think it's about finishing. It's staying on the path. I can remember uh, uh, when I turned 60, I did the entire Chicago Triathlon. And, 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 we had a, and it was a fundraiser, and I had a, a, a T-shirt that says, because uh, 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 you, you, you swim through Lake Michigan about a mile and a half, and it says, I, I told my pastor to jump in the lake, and I, and I paid for it. Well, they did. And so did I. I had no idea because you go in these little, these, these, these little different groups, but it's the group of everybody in different ages. I'm 60 years old, and I'm in the lake with uh, teenagers and 20-somethings, and I had no idea how competitive they were because the first thing I felt was somebody pulling my leg underwater. <laughs> to get it. And I'm going, <laughs> I'm dying, I'm dying. You know, the last words of Professor, professor uh, Backwards was, Play, play, help, I'm dying. And I, and I thought, I wasn't going to make it. In every race, you're going to hit the wall, especially if it's a marathon. At some point, you think you're not going to get through. And you only have one goal. I had one goal. Finish the race. Finish the race. How do you finish the race? The only way we're going to finish the race is keeping the faith. And keeping the faith basically says... Um, I don't have to do this alone. I, I'm, I'm going to be carried. I, I dare to believe that there's a power greater than my own human power that is compelling me, impelling me, pushing me, luring me, calling me. And there I can, I can run through the wall. I can swim through the difficulty. I can bicycle through the hills. 
then we can make it, but only by faith. Only by faith. Only by daring to trust in something bigger than ourselves. Ourselves is that first half of life. The bigger thing is the realization that, that we don't own our lives. And our life really not is about us. We are about life. And of course, it's not just this little life. It's the life of the whole humankind. We are all parts of this incredible, incredible adventure that God has us on. This wonderful enterprise of being part of the redemption of the world. And certainly of this little species that we are, of our humankind. And this, this brings us today into the gospel, where we have two people. One is in the first half of life, except that he doesn't know it. But he certainly is going to show it and, 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 and reveal it to himself. The other is clearly in the second half of life, and I don't think he knows it either. But, we, but, but, but why he, what, by what he is saying... He is showing that there's something really good to go on. Now, now the, the, the danger for all of them, and even the danger for us, because the audience that Jesus is speaking to in the gospel today is those who believed in their own self-righteousness and looked down their noses and despised the other. It's been said that you can lose your soul on both ends on either extremes. When the, the woke liberal looks at the red-hatted mega folk and says it's a basket of deplorables, they're losing their soul. They're losing their soul because those folks are our sisters and our brothers. And, and vice versa, when, when, when the red-hatted mega folk look at the elite snobs and say we're the real Americans we're the ones who wrap ourselves in the flag and and the hypocrisy of of who we want to be then we both lose our souls and we are all stuck at that point in the first half of life and that's what's going on with the, the Pharisee today he he it's funny, Jesus begins the story by saying, two guys went up to pray. Only one of them is praying, though. Pharisee's not praying. Pharisee's talking to himself. He's not praying to God. He's saying, what a good boy I am. Oh, I, I praise God that I'm not like other people, greedy and cheating and stealing, or, or like that tax collector. Let me tell you what I do. And, of course, it's all self-aggrandizement. It's all building himself up that he is better than. All war, I really believe, is because we continue to believe the lie that somehow we are better than. Uh, somehow we are the ones who have won the race. And, and so he's, he's puffing himself up. But who is he puffing? His separate self his only self, and to whom is he talking to? Only himself. And the tax collector, on the other hand, is a public sinner who has gone along with Rome, who has cheated his own people, and yet what is he doing? He's, he is saying the truth. What's the truth? 
I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Pharisee cannot bring himself to say that he's a sinner. The righteous, even if they are on the right side, have a really hard time saying that we are sinners. This one is able to say, I'm a sinner. And because of that, God, I need mercy. I don't need justice. No, if I got justice, I'd be in jail. I need mercy. What he's speaking is the universal truth of all people. I used to smile when I heard FDR once said to the DAR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt once addressed the daughters of the American Revolution, and his opening line was, fellow immigrants. We are. We are. Fellow sinners. We are. All have fallen short of the glory of God. What's the difference? The difference is between self-salvation, independence, egoic power, and the faith to believe that we can fall into an arm greater than ours, a love that goes beyond all comprehension, one that really does hear the cry of the poor, although it seems so slow and long in answering but we're going to continue to run the race. We're going to continue to finish the journey. We are not going to leave the labyrinth. And even though it has many twists and turns, and sometimes we feel we are going backwards, and sometimes indeed we are, if we stay in the path, we'll come home. That's the path of humility. Humility is truth. And so the more we feel righteous and exalt ourselves, the more we will be humbled. And the more we deal with the great truth of the tax collector, the great truth is that we have fallen short of the mark. The great truth is that we are still on the journey and have not really arrived. We really are on that second half of the journey, pouring ourselves out like a great libation. For indeed, the arrogant, the exalted, will be humbled. And the humbled, the poor, will be exalted.